Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ken Fallon, and you're listening to today's episode of Hacker Public Radio, which is a community news episode. And for those of you who uh, are tuning in for the first time, we like to do a quick roundtable um, of uh, what's been going on in the HPR community for the last month. And this month, we're joined by Bobo Vex. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, we'll skip over Cornominal. And uh, how are you, 5150? Are you around? Yeah, I'm right here, Ken. I can't complain. Oh, I'm sure you could if you put your mind to it. <laughs> <laughs> then we have, uh, is it K-Wisher or Nightwisher or what's your handle, K-Wisher? He's muted. He's he muted, of course. Listen in. He's just listening in. We've got Nido. How are you doing, Nido? Good evening. Nice to meet you all. And we've got uh, Pokey, the one and only. Hey, hello. No, I'm not the one and only. Nito's got another pal named Pokey and a whole other IRC. Yeah, and apparently. A whole, that's, that's, in a whole other language, even. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, we have no new hosts to introduce this month. So, if we all just think about what that means, that every single person who listens to the show has done a episode. Which, of course, is not true, because there's about 5,500 people out there who listen and haven't contributed to the show, so... Please get off your proverbial and send us in a show. Yes, I agree. Please send us a show. We we need them. And we like you. Cool. So, uh, first of all, I want to start off by apologizing to CT for putting his shows in the Thursday queue, which uh, was a bit odd and strange. Um, and as such, they didn't get scheduled uh, very fast at all. But uh, he was very understanding about that and asked me not to apologize to him. So I think we should all... Now send a heartfelt apology individually to CT for uh, missing up his episode. I want Pokey to sing the apology. I'm so sorry that you were Thursday. The end. Genius. Genius. Um, Yeah, this month uh, a lot of people... Probably not a lot of stuff going on in the main mailing list, but there was definitely a lot going on in the development mailing list this month. So I want to thank uh, everybody who's been contributing over there and um, has definitely made my life a lot easier and also uh, made me think a little bit about uh, um, the way things are going to go and stuff. Alrighty. Um so let's, as we do, go through the shows in review and after. Hey, bef- yeah, before we start, um, I just want to say to the the listener there that is the, uh, the the kind of person who skips the rest of the show once we start the review. Uh, don't skip the rest of this one, please. If you want to fast forward through the show reviews, if if that's you, that's understandable. But we we need to talk about the um, New Year's Eve show coming up right after that. So so please. You know, listen in for that. Uh, do you want to do that first or not? Uh, no, I think it's probably better if we thank the hosts personally. I mean, they're they've already they've already done their part. <laughs> yeah, super. We had on uh, eleven twelve. We had uh, Linux in the Shell, Dan's split episode, and um, yeah, I personally enjoy this episode. Uh, I've used this command quite a lot, um, and there were a few options in there that I just had to rewind three or four times. Going, why would anyone ever want to do that? Split them, put them randomly into three different. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me. But I'm I'm sure somebody has a use case for it. I I like that Dan gave a lot of examples of why you might want to do some of the the more obscure stuff. And I, I don't know if you noticed, Ken, but uh, Clatu just hopped in the room. What's up, Clatu? Hello. Uh, how's it going? 
It's going grand. We've just started. We're uh, talking about dance. I was going to say, yeah, I've used split in the past in real life as well, although not to randomize the splitting that I've done, but I have definitely chopped up things with split. It's a great command. Great episode. Yeah, it's uh, I've I've used it quite a bit as well. Um, for it's a lot more useful than you would think it would be. You can use it for network uh, packages as well. Send them stuff out if you want exactly that number of bytes going out. Take a big file and just dump it across in that in that amount of bytes. And why would you? Oh, want that is that? cool. Pardon me. It, I said in, I didn't mean to walk on cloud two there. I I asked why would you want that? Why would you want to specify the number of or the size of the packets going out over the network? You want to bombard some web servers with a lot of uh, a lot of bytes. Oh, right on. Um. So then we had fifty one fifty, uh, term duck and shell screen and quake and um, i have to thank you uh, first of all thanks 5150 but i want to thank you pokey for your comment which compl- uh, which explained what that ter- term ducking was all about i was glad i got the joke i thought it was hilarious i was like what is what in the world is he talking about and then when i listened to the show that afterwards i got the joke i didn't get it at first but yeah that's great yeah sometimes my humor can be obscure yeah but you just come across as this straight edge sort of guy that uh, and then all of a sudden I was going, duh, of course that's what it was. And I still use it like that every day on the other system. Seriously? Yeah, well not so much the app shell. That has, For some reason that has not turned out to be as useful as I'd hoped. A lot of times you uh, type, because you can just fire it up and, and, in, and type in install package name and uh too much time it comes back to me. So I, I what? I don't understand. I don't know that package name. And I go, I go into uh, uh, regular terminal and and uh, type in uh, uh, sudo aptitude update. You know, bring everything up to date. Uh, sudo aptitude safe raid and 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 then sudo aptitude install uh, whatever. And it and it and install aptitude install finds the the package name just as I typed it so I don't know I, I think I think maybe uh, and the search function hasn't worked as well as I would like either so that part I don't use that much but definitely uh, I I use the script I use screen inside a quake so I can just uh, have a ter- hit hit F10 I move mine to F10 uh, to get a terminal and then one of those terminals is always open into my server and of course I'm running screen on the server as well, just as I described. So you know, I gotta be I gotta be careful how uh, how uh, how deep uh, when I when I'm uh, when I'm screens uh, how deep I go with the command so I get the right thing changed. It's a shame you couldn't use something like Sport. You should try uh, Slackware. <laughs> wow, nice. Okay, um, then we had uh, Dude Man Enough podcast episode seven: A Geek's Journey to Nature. And he's over in the lounge. I wonder if someone could go out and get him and bring him in here. I'll do it. No, I want to say before I do that. That I, oh, Wait. I guess he's here Whoa. now. Good job, fifty-one fifty. That was prompt. Heck and hell! As we did that, folks. As we were saying to fifty-one fifty, go out and get Dude Man. He appeared in the channel instantaneously. And here was Dude. Here was fifty-one fifty complaining about his crappy internet connection. Hey, Dude Man, are you around? Can you tell us more about your cat? Your cows. He was going to put some uh, coals on the fire earlier, so he's probably going to back soon. Cool. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, we'll move on anyway. But uh, he had. I a... loved this episode, though. Oh, it I was... did too. 
Yeah, it was really good. At first, I thought we were getting an episode farming weekly. I was yeah, a bit yeah, wa- me too. <laughs> wondering where on earth it was going, but um, it was. It was absolutely fascinating to listen to what he had had in his life and you know, the changes that he had made, and you know, to get to where he was now. It was really good. I felt yeah. like a bit of a voyeur, though. <laughs> well, he, he tricked us all, though. Right? Yeah, with, oh, with this what, one. that was sneaky, wasn't it? Yeah, we've got to tune in to find out how it ends. It started so slow, and I was like, oh boy, what is this? But I always give a show, you know, a fair shake, and before it got to the point where I would, you know, fast forward or whatever, it really got interesting real quick. I ne- I nearly lost it at the chasing the chickens and the pigs down um, the lane for the next door neighbour. But when he says that, I've done I've done that, you know, where you go out and you find animals running around and you go, oh, thank God, they're not ours. Okay, now we can put them in with that attitude of smugness back into the thing. Oh, they're not our animals. Yeah, welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're always yours. No, but not if they're always. yours, that's the problem. I've actually been onto YouTube and watched some of the videos of him using the scythe, and man, I mean, he's got a really, really good technique. I've, I've used a scythe as well. He's, I bet you don't do it as quick as he does. Yeah, but unlike him, I came from this entire thing from the other side. I was born and raised on a farm, and my entire goal in life was to get all farm as quickly as possible. Um, and uh, it's just funny to see a guy, you know, go from this, a city guy going back uh, to the farm. It's uh, it's funny to see it the other way. Yeah, I have to say this this is uh, one of those shows makes you really want to go out and get the rest of the episodes. Yeah, I did that all right. I've subs- I subscribed to his uh, to his show, obviously. Yeah, I agree. I definitely wanted to sort of then find out more about you know what else had happened. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Um, hopefully, we'll have Dude Man back on shortly. We had uh, episode uh, eleven fifteen talk to Economy News, Deep Geek, and uh, Deep Geek is um, poking. Can you um, can you give us an update on what's going on with Deep Geek there? Uh, not really. I <laughs> he asked for some volunteers. He asked if anybody wanted to uh, help read some stories and help out with the show a bit. Um, and I really like Talk Geek to Me news, and I didn't want to see it go away, so I volunteered to read some stories for him. Um, and that's really that's all that's really happened. I just I've read a few stories and I send them off to him. He's still he's still in charge of it and doing all the editing and picking the stories and such. I just asked him for a. Uh, you know, a script basically. So, uh, I'm, I'm, frankly, I'm not doing any of the work. I'm just reading a script. So it's not, you know, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's good that, uh, you've taken over that. It was nice to hear another voice on this is on, uh, 1130. So as you're listening to this, it was yesterday's episode. So probably quite a lot of people even here on this, um, sh- this call here haven't heard uh, heard the episode. And by the way, if you're if you want to join into the community news, you don't have to li- have listened to all the shows. You just come along. And if you don't want to talk about an, uh, a show, just uh, you know mute yourself for that. So then we had uh, oh another boring episode eleven sixteen. Skip then, this one. Yeah, let's skip that one. Nobody wants Wait, to hear about this. Did that one just go on and on forever? God, or the guy would not shut up. Coo. Wait a minute, no. which one was this? Uh, this is the bad The host. interview with Richard Stallman. Uh, oh, okay. No, RMS, RMS wasn't problem. No, he wasn't. <laughs> it was pokey. He hasn't prepared himself at all. 
I have to say, I mean, that's a joke, obviously, but I have to say that about what Pokey did, and I don't know how many people in here saw it, but on the mailing list, I think it was in the mailing list or the IRC channel, I think it was mailing list, he emailed everyone and said, hey, I'm going to go, actually. okay, I'm going to interview RMS, pitch me some questions, and I mean, I think that turned out really well, at least from the listener standpoint. Did you think that was a good idea, Pokey? Did that work for you? It seemed like it did. I Yeah, it, actually, it really worked great. <clears throat> my my only regret was that I... I didn't even think of it at the time. I should have written down whose questions they were so I could have given credit at the time because it seems like I, you know, came up with all these great questions and I didn't. No, I don't think it matters. It didn't matter at all. One thing that I did like about the show was that there was uh, there was plenty of time for him to go on about everything. And I know Door, to, Door Geek actually commented on this in his show. but uh, And I know it was by accident on your side, but it uh, it was really nice to hear him having the time not being badgered or not being um, hit with a stick, but being also hit with you know nice, good, hard questions that he could give a good answer to. I will say that I did not expect... I mean, I, I know Pokey. I love Pokey. I didn't expect this episode to be as good as it was because, I mean, I just felt up until this interview, I felt that RMS had been interviewed. You know, like I'd heard everything RMS possibly could say i've been to his talk uh, two talks of his in real life i've heard a dozen talks online i just figured it had all been talked about already but that was not the case i found this to be a very good very good uh interview with someone who really we've all heard before and thought we knew everything about already i agree um when i was listening to this episode having listened and seen to some of uh, richard stormans online he can be very domineering and there was almost a danger that actually you know he could have completely made the interviewer pokey sort of feel that he wasn't up to the job but he didn't do that at all so pokey you know really did well as the interviewer on this as well well thank you i i went into it with the mindset i wasn't going to make it a um adversarial interview I wanted I really wanted to hear what he had to say and I planned on giving him plenty of time to say everything that he had to say but there was a technical glitch on his end where if we both keyed up at the same time his speakers fed directly back into his microphone and it seemed like it was even you know electrically before it got to the speakers it it came right back at me and it was unbearable to listen to and he was using like not uh, you know, like the push to talk when you hit it and it stays and the mic stays open. He was using that. So I literally had to wait for him to turn his mic back off. So a couple of times, there was a little bit of a pause, a little bit of silence that you wouldn't have noticed because I edited it out, where he would start talking again, where normally I would have come in with another question or something. And that was that was the accident that Ken had referred to. But it, it really worked in, you know, in our favor this time. I think that generally... Sorry, go ahead, 51. You realize, Pokey, we're going to expect an interview like this at least three, four times a year from now on. Here, here. I, I tried to... Well, what was... Classy, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to comment. Usually, or I, I think... Uh, it's my belief that a good interview is one where the interviewer doesn't really talk that much. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, no, I, I had planned on doing a couple more, and I was trying to get with, with one guy to do one who was completely off the radar that that picks up Richard Stallman, but I I thought it would have been fun, but uh, we're just having a hard time getting together. Okay, well um, well done, Pokey. Seriously uh, a good job. You know what? As much as I want to do a good job in any show that I put out, the 
what really makes me feel good is if, if I and it happened this time. It seemed to anyway. It's if I put out a show, and you know, a week or so later, a, you know, a bunch more shows come in. That is really fantastic. And there are certain hosts when they post shows that that seems to happen. And it, you know, it's happened to me like twice now, and it's really a good feeling when that happens. Fantastic. Okay, so um, the following day we had um, the Wayback Machine, the SDF.org, and this is uh, in my bill and the guys. Um, did you, do any of you have an SDF account? Yeah, I do. I've been a member since, uh, well, for years. It was. I, I think that might have been my first experience on a real, live, pure Unix box, if I'm not mistaken. I do now. I didn't before. Yeah, I set one up a few weeks ago, but it was it was after Pod. Yeah, it was Pod Brewers, and we we're kind of in a kind of state of inebriation. So I'm hoping I back into it once I uh, decide to go play with it. Again. That was through Navigum and and my bill. Um, we already had um uh, JPW on about uh, the STF. It would have been say 500 shows ago or so. So so yeah, we have covered this before. Um, but it's uh, always good to be reminded of it. I did sign up for this, and uh, I paid the subscription, but I still I haven't gone through the acknowledgement process or whatever that needs to happen. Yeah, I'm intrigued that you can uh, use it for uh, port tunneling. Uh, I've got such a slow connection at home, it do, it do me no good to run anything through my home network. It might give me uh, something I could thing I could use. Uh, in an insecure location away from home. That's exactly what I used to use it for, 5150. I was really intrigued by... Uh, you, you can host photos on there and like link to them. I, you know, I, I was really intrigued by that and a couple other things, but that's a good one. Oh, I can use that because I'm out of space on, on uh, my free server. I'm more interested in using it to get to websites that would be... Uh, well, it doesn't really, it isn't really appropriate, but as a... Uh, Bastion host for getting into my own network. So I give IP address restrictions to certain IP addresses, and then from there connect from there back home, so that you block. You know, you're able to access home via SSH, but you must. It can only come from a certain range of IP addresses, so that you don't get all these uh, people trying to uh, crack your network all the time. That's a good idea. Never thought of that. Oh, that is really yeah, that, awesome. That is, Ken. That's excellent. You don't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never thought of it. Never thought of it myself. No. Okay. I do restrict uh, access to some people, uh, to other people, to my service when they need to upload stuff there. But for myself, I restrict myself to using a SSH certificate rather than a password. And that's usually sufficient uh, security. Yeah, but if you check your logs, I still see... Um, if I put anything up on 22 port 22 i see loads of people trying to connect in over that's day. the best i do is just change so the external port change the external port but i also like just uh, completely block ssh from um accepting anything from any any connection other than my local network and a few three or four different uh, hosts that are around the net, internet yes yeah, see i do something that's completely different and I, it could probably come into conflict with it i use uh, fail to ban which if there's three failed login attempts, it blocks that address. It may block the whole domain, I'm not sure. No, you could still use that because, I mean, you're still going to do that and then you get in. If you don't get in on that machine, you can switch to your other other machine or wherever and try from there. But that yeah, would uh, limit quite a, that would limit the ability to log into your whole network. 
Yeah, exactly. If 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 there were three, if someone tried to to get into it and they were using SDF and that were my only external gateway, you know, in, then they could, you know, that would in effect restrict me from getting in remotely. Yeah, but if you're doing this blocking, you need to make sure to have three or so. Uh, okay, yeah, it's good thinking. Okay. True, so but other people can connect from the same IP address as the SDF host. Am I not correct? Well, you block. Say if you don't have anybody who has access has an SDF account could get in, obviously. But if it's your VPS machine out on the internet and you're the only person who has access to that machine, then yes, that IP address range can can access in. But you've gone from millions of IP addresses down to a few hundred of possible people. That's true. But um, if you combine that with a fail to ban. Um, then you run the, abil- the possibility of getting a denial of service attack and people trying to get access to those IP addresses and uh, try to uh, run false passwords uh, so you cannot log in yourself anymore. Yeah, but <laughs> that's fair enough. But only one of the machines will be this machine and the other one will be my, my VPS. How would somebody get onto my VPS in the first place? Um... Well, they could uh, pretty much legitimately look like traffic from your VPS from a, a node within that same network. Yeah, but neither they would need to they would need to know attack, all the I machines. Agree, but yeah, it, and if they're be, doing that, they right, can just target attack. Um, if they're doing that, something you need to worry about uh, unless you have somebody who really really hates you. Yeah, if it's that targeted and they know that much about you and about networking, and <laughs> they're getting in anyway. All they have to, to do self target Ken Fallon. All you have to do is look at KenFallon.org. You've got my full, my full home email postal address there. Just slap it into Google Earth. Come up to the door sometime you know I'm at work and walk on in. Glad to I remember do that sometime when you're not at work. Yeah, and if I get robbed, do you know where I'm going to be sending the police? Glad no, to when, when you you're know... not at work when you are at home. Okay, fair enough. Anyways. You know, if you come to my house when I'm home, I'm opening a beer for you. Heavenly. Is it anywhere in Europe? No. Then it's, it's going to be a bit difficult. Pretty far. I do, but man. you're welcome to come here. Hello, thank you very much. I've just got back. Sorry if I missed the beginning. No, we were just uh, rambling on about how good your episode was on uh, on um, uh, episode 1114. I'm immediately friends with people when they say something nice. Thanks. Oh, well, I liked it too then. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got another one planned for tomorrow, which is on uh, on uh, programming. And I did one a few weeks ago on hacking as well, with uh, an interesting uh, twist to it. Very, very cool. How many episodes are you up to? Um, unlucky 13, but I'm going to remedy that tomorrow. Nice. And we're also joined by ArtV61. If you want to say hello, you can. If not, just don't. Oh, he wanted to and couldn't. The, yeah, the joys of push to talk. Okay, where were we? Um spread the, the, the oh yeah my first brush my first brush with loss doom which uh, i think a lot of people this was one of the um uh, how i got into linuxy type of things and this was a new vector that i hadn't come across before actually it's an interesting way to see how people get uh, to the philosophy through different means other than just trying to hack the computer they have together and Whatever the default way is to get to this point. Yeah, and I guess I, it's a perfectly legitimate way when I was listening to it. Yeah, Doom obviously was an open source game, so of course uh, people would um, 
use that that would introduce people to Linux. And I know we used last year we had quite a lot of the uh, how I got into Linux stories. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear some more stories from other people. So uh, please, if you're teetering on the edge, think about sending us in one of those shows. I always find them interesting. I don't know about the rest of you. Hey, if you want more, Ken, uh, one fellow's got an interesting approach to that. He he listens into other shows on Mumble and then ambushes people when they're done and, and gets them to tell them to, to tell us how they found Linux. Obviously a genius. Yeah, it's brilliant. Ambush is the right word as well. Yes, yes. No pressure, obviously no pressure on anyone to do that. Um, no pressure. Talk now. Then the interview, the pain is over. You've done your first episode and it's it's everything's just better from then on. Anyways, 1119 was spreading the word, was CT, and inspirational stories from on the road. And this one actually was uh, just so annoying that I had left this in the queue for ages. And you have to remember, people, when you send in the shows, I have a policy of not listening to them. So I don't know. Um, I, I won't know unless you tell me in the show notes about whether it's a syndicated Thursday or a main queue or whatever. So feel free to actually edit and put some notes for me in the in the show notes, please. So again, apologies, CT, for that. Was this the guy that um, did it whilst he was driving? The episode whilst he was driving? Yarp. Yes. It always amazes me how he can like talk constantly and concentrate on what he's doing. He's from Sweden, so they have long roads up there. <laughs> what with no other traffic? Because I would be effing and effing at all the other users. Very important. If anyone's going to Sweden and they tell you it's only five kilometers up the road, kilometer their kilometer is a hundred kilometers. Yes. So just so you know that. Um, I I've seen this has happened a couple times where a show got into the wrong queue. Um, so if you if people are going to send in shows, if, if, you know, don't be afraid to to write. One complete sentence, just specifically stating, "This is for the normal queue," or you know, "This is for the um, the the syndicated Thursday queue," because sometimes there seems to there, there seems to be you know a little bit of confusion if if somebody interprets an email wrong. So if you could put something in there that's very clear like that, that could help um, you know not have this happen to your show. And also, don't be afraid to send in, where is my show? Uh, especially, give it a week, normally, after you upload it, especially if there's if there's enough shows in the queue and you're not a new host, give it a week because uh, I have life as well and I usually process the shows on a, on a evening when my wife is working. So, um, so if it hasn't sort of gone into the queue by the, by the Saturday, feel free to give me a, a, a ping. And if you haven't heard your, if your show has suddenly disappeared after two weeks or so, definitely give uh, send us an email. Yeah, I, I think the two times that I've seen it happen, that I remember it happening, were um, people who would send in a show and they would say something like, I do a media project over here and I decided to put this together for HPR and it kind of sounded like it was meant to be a syndicated show. But, it, you know, it, a sentence saying... This is not something that we've. Uh, even to just say this is not a syndicated show. It hasn't aired yet, you know, and and, and we'll know for sure. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, and actually, that is more or less the uh, the occasions in which it occurs. Episode eleven twenty was an interview I did with uh, Jerome, Le, and I 
I'm not going to butcher his name any more than I already have, about the Razor QT project. And I think uh, in this month there were two examples of an interview doing well and an, inter- an interview done very badly by the uh, interviewer. And uh, I think I got the short straw this month. No, I, I disagree. Oh, I, I, I like. No, he, yeah, he, he was uh, really easy to interview, but uh, I, I was found myself being very negative about the whole KDE desktop because I happened to be on my Weiss machine doing the recording at the time, and it kept popping up every five seconds with "Do you want to update? No. Do you want to update? No." And it was getting extremely frustrating, and I was getting a lot of feedback also tonight because there's a MySQL database running for no reason. I have no idea why. Um, so I was being very negative, but in fairness to Jerome, he uh, he was very, very, very um, respectful of the uh, KDE community, which of course I should be as well because they they do a great, uh, great project. Well, I was very interested in this content because uh, this machine I'm working on now, I've got the original version they released of Razer QT, and that that reminds me I need to go back and and uh, see if I can update it or. or uh, Put this new version on. There were just a couple things because it was a very, very young uh, desktop that I kind of, uh, kind of needed and, and weren't there. I, uh, I, I use an external uh, monitor, so I have multiple monitors. And one thing that's got in KDE that they didn't is if uh, you know a window gets moved off the monitors where it's not on either, not on either one. I can right click and 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 say move and and grab it and drag it back to some place I could see it. And that's the one thing the original Razer didn't have. That's probably the only reason I'm not running it. I think that's uh, that's fixed now. Didn't we have a show last month or the month before um, from the guys who, who did the database that re- that replaces MySQL? Yeah, Miranda DB. Mar- thank Maria. you. Maria. Sorry, Maria, yes. Now, can you just drop that in and uninstall um the the MySQL. Yeah, but the point is, why should a desktop be running MySQL at all? Especially when um, I'm not using any of the the um, it's it's there to do this um, this desktop. email, isn't it? No, yeah, but I'm not even using KDE either, and I'm not using a PIM manager. Uh, sorry, I'm not using Kmail. I'm not using a PIM manager. I'm not using. I've gone through the list of all the things that I'm not using on my KDE desktop, um, and the anaconda thing still or not anaconda but that's anukanadi that's the one yeah it's continues to run i've done i've followed the bug reports i've done the i have this problem too and it still is uh, it still is running and i can't remove it can't stop it and um, it's it's it happens to be on my wife's machine and i just i'm going to switch it over sometime why can't you remove it what's what's depending on it uh, if you remove MySQL, the whole KDE desktop disappears. It's all uh-huh. it's all compiled. Bleh, it's all compiled in, which is why on my laptop I switched to Razer QT, and I've got that uh, KDE look and feel that I like, um, and I've got the configurability that I like as well. <laughs> in fact, more configurability than I actually would like because you you have to do a lot more on the files than you normally would. But um, it's a it's a lightning fast desktop and really really slick. Nice, nice. If I and may ask, is it uh, really also the MySQL server package which it depends on, or is it really only the MySQL client part? No, the database, the server. Okay. So I I 
I understand what KD has been trying to do. It's been an interesting project, but to be honest, um, it's, it goes against the Unix philosophy of doing uh, each task, doing a small job and doing it well. So in Razer QT, you okay, have to fight. No, I, I, I've been very silent right now because everything Ken is saying, I basically agree with. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into this right now. <laughs> I, I can't, uh, can't comment too much on it, but. Yeah, this this ne- Nepomuk Akinati thing is just like I don't know. In my mind, it's a little bit of a travesty. Might drive me away from KDE eventually. And they not to go on around, but hey, why not? Um, I I see people complaining about it. Long-standing KDE users and long-standing KDE supporters. And in fairness, I I and an old Klaatu stuck with um, um, KDE uh, through the you know the the whole four move. Um, but their the philosophy is is completely just uh, it's just yeah it's well, they lost it yeah if you're looking for something that respects that like you said the Unix philosophy the modularity thing then I, I I don't think people I don't think it's an argument that KDE is where you should be looking so I'm I'm really happy to see that Razor Cute could be the place that you know I end up in later on I'm 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 gonna probably because of your your interview, I'll probably be uh, trying Razer Cute on my triple EPC, uh, which I haven't really been running KDE on anyway. I've been doing Fluxbox, so maybe this is time to kind of look for another Cute-based solution. Because I love Cute, I just I, I don't know if I can handle the the monolith that is KDE on all of my devices. And uh, it's still um, running Razer. I can still. Um have access to Kate and various different things without without any hassle. Anyway, but enough about that. We had the following 11.21. Klaatu continues his networking series on Samba How To, and I'm very glad, Klaatu, that you brought back this series. Yeah, um, you know, long, long-running long series, I guess, uh, just as I learn new stuff. But the Samba thing, I figured, was a good basic uh, basic how-to on, on something that's kind of important in the Linux world. File sharing, yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, it's on all platforms, and even I think, even if you're a Unix, if you've got a complete Linux house at home, um, because Samba is aware that to uh, the send sender and receiver are Unix, it will cut out a lot of the, it'll shortcut a lot of the uh, protocols and go to a very fast Linux uh, uh, solution. Yeah, and I really want to cl- compliment you, Claude, too, on uh, your explanation was a lot more straightforward and simple than than uh, many of them that I've seen and heard. That's probably because I don't know as much, but yeah, cool. Glad I simple. I will second that because I have tried to understand Samba before. It's always been something I've, I've wanted to do and I've wanted to get into, but any description of it I've read online is... I, I can't understand it at all, and and I understood the show real well. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one up there next to um, the Source Trunk episode this month of uh, uh, the the what was the server he went over the the simple DLNA or something like that. Um, th- these two things look like they could really work together to to um, in my house. <laughs> yes, um, but don't ruin it for me. I haven't listened to the Source Trunk episode yet, so give me a minute. Tattoo, there is one thing that you should probably know is that you can tie in a Samba um, password database into um, the Unix database so that when they change a password on one, it's automatically transferred to the other. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I'll have to look into that. Thank you. That sounds like a show, Ken. It would be if I had managed if to do it more than once. Well, if I figure it out, it'll, it'll be an addendum. 
Sorry, go ahead, Nita. If I'm not mistaken, the data, uh, the password database as used by um, Samba is constructed in the same way as uh, slash etc slash shadow. So I think if you just point it to that file, you are done. Cool. I'll look into it because I think you're. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure it's the same I'm not syntax. Not sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't guarantee that because when I looked at it, there was um, you needed to load a PAM module, PAM Samba or something. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, yeah, I'll look into warning it. Warning to whoever's doing this is do a little bit more research. Sorry, I just raise the flag that it might be possible. Well, that, that's yeah, always I'm, been my problem. I'm not saying you should up. do that and then uh, use the uh, password manager from the Samba to change your own password and stuff like that. Um, I'm thinking that uh, it's I'm just thinking it's the same format and you could be able to do it that way but in that case you should really shouldn't do the password changes from the Samba side if you want to do that then uh, using a PAM module is indeed a way better approach. My anyway. problem with file, file sharing has always been I can uh, not getting it set up, but exchanging the uh, the share the shared keys. For some reason I can never get that to work right, so I can't I can't set up a uh, file share in my NCS tab. I always have to just do it in a terminal manually once I once I'm logged in. For what type of share? Well, I I usually use uh, as SSHFS, uh, but if I if I'm dragging and dropping files, I I uh, I take the easy way out and use Gigolo. Okay, you should need for the first part. You need to do uh, SSH-copy-ID and then the IP address username at at IP address, and that will copy your ID files over for your pre-shared key. Takes the pain out of that. And for the second, if he one, has it. I've I've come across some distros that don't ship SSH copy ID. Okay, well, up to do and install it. And for the second one, can you please do an episode on Gigolo? Well, I've been meaning to do one on SS, uh, and Gigolo. I've been trying to fi- I've been trying to figure out my uh, shared keys problem, so it would be complete. Uh, if you want, I can give you a hand offline on that one. Okay, we'll have to do that sometime. Super duper. Yeah, my problem with file sharing has always been that I don't have anyone to share files with. Oh, so sad. Isn't it? You could probably share it with uh, Richard Stallman. Maybe. What kind of files do you want to share? <laughs> oh, I actually, I actually don't. I, I would just like to back up some stuff that I you know, keep losing. If you want, um, uh, Pokey, yeah, let's talk offline. <laughs> Not those files, Ken. I can't share those. So long as it's encrypted, I don't care. That's breaking international laws there. There you go. Over here, everything's legal, eh, Nito? Well, not everything, sadly. Okay. Uh, 11.22 was Linux in the shell uh, with the LN command. And again, I thought at the beginning of this, there is nothing Dan can tell me about this command that I don't already know. And yet again, he proves me wrong. This one was awesome. I, I listened to this twice. I feel kind of angry at Dan because yes. technically speaking, like if you think about it, he's all he does is like read the man page really, really carefully, a lot more carefully than any of us have. And then he explains it all, and it seems like he's telling us this brand new information, and it is brand new information, but I feel like it's he's cheating or something. But man, I love this information. You're just mad because he thought of it first. Exactly. Well, I, I've read a lot of man pages without fully understanding what uh, what they were telling me, and I yeah, I, I don't know, know how he Dan that he does. Yeah, I don't know how he parses all that information. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. It is this is exactly that. Well, I liked in this when he it got towards the end. He says, 
Well, here here's option to uh, argument to do this. You're never ever and you're going to use this. No one needs to do this. Yeah, this is how you would do it. Yeah, classic. So let's move on and doing a segue. Move bike computers. Now tell me this. American folk on the line. Is that phrase a Segway, a well-known thing in the States before the Segway bike things that you stand on happened, or was that a just a regular term that was in use anyway? In music, it was pretty well-known, so in that community I, I, I think everyone knows it. I don't know about, like, outside world of me. Well, I think it'd be fairly common in broadcasting. I don't yeah. remember anything that far back. That was there was drugs back then. Okay, but there was move uh, bike computer. Sorry, go ahead. Dude, dude, man was asking what the Segway bike thing you're talking about. Uh, it was not really a bike, dude, man. It's the thing with the two wheels next to each other, and it auto balances itself with gyros and stuff, and people use it to replace walking. Yeah, because that's what we Americans need to do. We can't, we can't be bothered to walk. We don't need that kind of exercise. You can say that again. Yeah, but you see it at uh, the people who are on them tend to be at at uh, airports and stuff, and they tend to have a lot of firearms. So you tend to go. Your first instinct is go, "Oh, look at the stupid person on the uh, Segway," and then your next instinct is to look away calmly and sheepishly. I can't I say I can't look at them ever since I saw Ricky Gervais on one. Am I the what? only one here who doesn't know who Ricky Gervais is? Yes, I probably. Don't. I have no idea. I I know somebody who has a Segway and she actually uses it for a practical purpose and and I can't really bag on her too bad for using it because she uses it to ride about two and a half miles to work, you know, and not drive a car or, uh, you know, and she does ride a bicycle sometimes, but, you know, she uses this thing too. About a year ago, I saw one that they, it was a a prototype, was a single-wheeled unicycle deal and it, it all it folded up uh, about the size of a briefcase and if you hit the hit the button uh, the wheel would drop out of the bottom of the briefcase and then both sides would fold down and you would stand on that and go and for those of you who are not up uh, Ricky Gervais is the guy who did the English version of the office and who um, did the Emmys not the Emmys what was the other one that isn't the Emmys but Academy the Oscars Award. Not the uh, not the Oscars, yep. the other ones, the international press one. The Academy Awards. No, they're the Oscars. Well, I mean, I I thought he did do the Academy Awards and made everybody mad this last year. Yeah, he did. He was really offensive and um, was really rude about Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, wasn't he? Yes, but it wasn't the Academy Awards. It was the other one that isn't the Academy Awards. The Podcast Awards. No, Roger. Uh, Can this... we continue to the episode? No, yeah. <laughs> no, we are not moving forward until we know what the Baf- other. It says BAFTA, Golden Globe, Emmy, Rose d'Or, uh, Screen Actors Guild. Those are the only ones that Wikipedia knows about. Yeah, it's the Screen Actors Guild one. Okay, no, there you no, go. it's not. It's a uh, Golden Globes or something. He has the Golden Globes. That's not quite the Oscars, but. Anyway, he made a, a handbag of himself on this war. He'd never come back, and then he was back the next year doing it as well. But moving on, yes, about the episode Move by Computer. It was about GPS tracking hills uh, on um, hills and uh, hikes and stuff. And uh, I actually use another app called uh, OpenGSM Tracker. Does anyone use that one? I use it on an almost daily basis. Do you know? Yeah, I'm constantly tracking. Well, I shouldn't say every day. I use it at least once a week, sometimes two or three times a week. 
Um, I stopped using it on a daily basis because my tracks were beginning to be redundant and useless. But every time I go out in the woods, I turn it on. I use it for navigation, and I when I get home, I upload the tracks and I edit the um, OpenStreetMap. I'm a big advocate of that. You're the man. You are the man. The following day, we had 11.24, which was Pod Brewers episode 35. And this uh, was with um, Becky's favorite host. Yeah, a voice like chocolate by a brown. Uh, and the following day, we had Talk Geek to Me News 11.25. And then we had uh, another one with CT, the Drupal Camp of uh, Adam Evertson. Before you, before you get too far, I just want to say that Pod Brewers episode was real, real good. And I'm going to have to burn that to a CD for a friend of mine who brews his own beer. Because uh, I, I think that's worth the six-pack. I want the beer well, bread there, recipe. There, There is a whole website, folks. I mean, there's more than just the one episode. No, right on. But I'm going to use that episode to, to turn the guy on to it. I particularly like I particularly like the... You go ahead, 51. I just want, wanted to say, uh, uh, next month we'll be talking about a new series that uh, Bayer has started and contributing to. Uh, HPR called Scanner Drum, where he interviews scientists, authors, talks about uh, sci-fi on the web, etc. Very cool. Word. Okay, uh, that's that's good to know. That was a pretty. Uh, what I was wanted to say was I particularly like the rundown of the um, various different terms involved in um, in brewing, or at least home brewing, and uh, I think there's a lot of jargon actually that you when you get into any particular um, uh, any particular area you need to pick up to even know where to start Nito, thanks for coming on man i'm we're, we're sorry to hear that you're not feeling good dude okay um see you Nito. sorry that you can stay on dude yeah sorry he just posted in the text message that he's not feeling well he's, he's gonna sign off but it was good to have you okay the uh following day we had uh did i just did i just skip on yeah well the D- drupal camp yes drupal camp anyone use drupal uh, a little bit um, it was a, yeah, I thought it was an interesting episode. Yeah, don't really use Drupal myself, so, but uh, there you go. The following day we had uh, AFP FileShare and another one in Clatu series. To be honest, I have no interest in this. <laughs> I never will <laughs> set you up I, an AFP I have no share. interest in this, but it was important to get it out there. I just had to, had to disclose the stuff that I, that I knew about this thing. It's horrible, though. I, I have to admit, I almost skipped it, and I mostly you should have. You and I mostly have. slept, <laughs> and I mostly slept through it. But I, I, I got to admit the guilty pleasure. I listened to it just to feel smug. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I can admit that. Uh, I actually well, listened to it long enough so that if ever I do come across an AFP file share, I at least know something about it and have enough information to Google about what it is that I need to do. Well, yeah, and there's. Reminded... Go ahead. It reminded me of my own troubles with uh, with AFP. This few years, I think, uh, oh, when the when the first version of OS X 10.1 came out, suddenly at the school, none of the uh, Macintoshes would talk to the uh, uh, the server, the Windows server anymore. And well, I guess we couldn't. They go on, you couldn't open a file. And I found I I found out that. Uh, even though it was an update, that Apple blamed it on uh, Windows no lo- no longer supporting their file for the format. It must have been when we put in the new. <laughs> <that it> was, uh... 
Yeah, it, it's been too too long ago, but I mean that they just got they got in a tiff with each other, and suddenly the way I had of accessing uh, getting the Max Access Windows Server no longer worked. And when, it, when I did get when I did get them working again, you could no longer just open a file from within InDesign and and open the open the file and uh, that that lived on the shared folder on the server, edit it, and then close the file. It, it would it would always uh, you could edit it, but it it wouldn't it wouldn't save when you when you closed it. And isn't that great? How you part, can, isn't that great? 5150, how you can just completely yank the rug out from under someone's feet and convince everyone else in the room that that person forgot how to walk. Right, and the, the trouble is the third party in this. This, you know, you know, it just blew me away that they would even say this to me. I go to Adobe, and Adobe says, no, 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 we, uh, you, you can't open a file on a, sh- on a shared volume uh, with our software. If you, if you want to edit a file, you have to copy it to the local computer, open it there, and manipulate it, and then say, then program, and then save it back to the uh, to the server. And of course, that would be fine for a user like me and you. But uh, these were these were high school kids. They didn't know from opening a file on the server. They didn't. They didn't even realize the files were not not there locally. Well, they kind of did, but explaining to them, no, you got you got to get this file. And I, I think that I think when they until they quit trying to use the Max years later, they were just doing everything on the local machine. Okay, um, <laughs> that is amazing. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll move off the AFP file share with the hope that we will never ever have to come across it again. <laughs> it's it's astonishing how incredibly long these descriptions of Apple just working are. <laughs> okay. I challenge anyone to uh, the following episode was Compilers Part 4, which was a Sigflug episode. and Way over my head. Oh, it's so far over my head. I picked up one or two of the things she was talking I didn't understand a majority of it, and I think that's okay because I'm not writing compilers. But I picked up one or two of the math things she was talking about, and I felt so smart for a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, do, I did guess... You know, some of the words, it was like as if um, somebody was, you were learning a language, you'd go to a foreign country and you've done a little bit of their, you know, first time ever been in France, for instance, picking up a few words and you kind of have an idea of what she's talking about. But uh, I'm, I know from talking to other people about this episode, I, I got a lot of feedback on this episode and, uh, you know, people are saying, you know, really fantastic episode, really explaining it very well. So I guess if you're in the zone there, um, she knows what she's doing. I I will say about Sigflup that you know if there were an award for the HPR host who can pack the most amount of content in the least amount of time, that's her. The her shows are so dense with you know pure information. And for those of you following along, there she has um, JPEGs in the episode, uh, so she has very good show notes, unlike some other people who have contributed shows this month. Hmm. I wonder who you're talking about. What, you want a picture of Richard Stallman? <laughs> no, 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 Richard Stallman's one was fine. <laughs> anyway, um, the next day we had a show by a paranoid shell, How I Got Into Linux, a spontaneous episode that um, he voluntarily did without any black coaxing whatever, or encouragement on my part. You did an amazing job of editing out all of the background noise of the horse whip. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
<laughs> but seriously, it's that easy. Just go on to Mumble, press the record button, and then you know, email in your, your uh, recorded episode. And then for the last show of the month, we had uh, Deep Geek Talk Geek to Me News featuring the voice of no other than Pokey. So that was it for the shows for this month. And I got to shake a fist at Deep Geek because I I swear there was at least three stories that he had me read for this one that he only chose for the tongue twisters. And I was listening to it going, he is just saying off those, you know, German words and he has he has the uh he has the pronunciation perfect and it just flows straight through and you know there any anybody who will say that you know Americans are not able to you know speak foreign languages properly or enunciate the words or whatever is you know it goes out the window you know you, you yet another stereotype blown out of the water well done pokey not no not true at all <laughs> that's, no that's editing was evolved bla- move on, blatant pokey. lies yeah each one of those each sentence was probably five to six takes and i i kind of I can cheat a little with German because back in high school, we had a couple of German exchange students living with us. So I got some of the pronunciation down, some of the sounds that are you know not in the English language at all. And so when I when I read German words, I can kind of hear those. But I, I think I mispronounced you know a couple of the reporters' names and stuff easily. I, I just I faked that completely. <laughs> no, you did. You did great. You did a great job. It's um, it's Deep Geek looking for other people to contribute um, or to read stories. Yeah, female voice especially would be fantastic. What, female English? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't have everything. <laughs> uh, um, Bobo, they're also looking for... Bobo Bex, they're also looking on the DistroWatch podcast always for uh, narrators. Really? Yes, really. Definitely. See, I'm quite, I'm quite happy. I can talk about other people's shit. It's just me own I can't talk about. Yeah, reading stuff off's easy, dude, man. Yeah, I was going to say, as uh, helping Bruce for the last few months doing the distro watch, that I am sure Bruce and I would be very happy to share our uh, alternate week cycle with uh, however many other people want to uh, help and contribute. So, you know, contact me or Bruce. Uh, absolutely no problem if you want to read stuff out. We, we can pick the uh, most difficult parts out if you want to help us on with just one little part or by all means take a whole episode and um, just read it out. I mean a lot of people don't actually realise that uh, the shows um, are actually just read out you know, from the online content um, I certainly didn't in the beginning so uh, we don't want to let too much of the magic out but uh, anyone can do it basically See that's something that I would be really interested in doing because I do like the English language and I do like reading and that way I can feel that I'm probably contributing something back so where would I contact you if I wanted to um, speak about that? Uh, here, here on Hacker Public Radio is a great place. <laughs> no, I'm serious. There's one coming up on Monday, and it's my turn. And if you would like uh, to help me and um, Kay Quisher on it, or even do it all yourself, I'd be very happy to offload it. Although I very much enjoy doing it, um, it's great to uh, carry on doing it and to do, have more time to do even other projects as well. So um, I can speak to you after this and give you my contact details. Yeah, okay, I'll speak after this. And remember, uh, Boba Bex, that uh, Mr. Chocolate's voice himself is also a contributor to that project. <laughs> Shush, my husband's listening. It's okay. <laughs> See that, books, HPR, making friends and influencing people. You can get in on this. 
Okay, we'll quickly uh, just nip through some of the stuff that's been going on on the mailing list before we get on to uh, HBO. Oh. Yeah, what? Why? What's wrong? He's unmuted. <laughs> I was going I've got to... your names, I've got your numbers. But you don't have the price of the flight to get over as far as us. <laughs> and speaking uh, of which, Cyber folks... attacks, Ken, cyber attacks. Hey, Becky, uh, let me clue you in on a little secret here. Um... We nerds don't know a lot of girls, even though we really like girls. So you could pretty much do anything you want in this community. <laughs> Just say it. Oh, don't give me carte blanche. No, no, seriously. I mean, I married my geek. I'm not giving you a carte blanche. I'm telling you it's there. It exists. Um, just so you know, Becky's not a girl. She, she's a lady. Right on. <laughs> You're such she's a, funny a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa! She's a lady. Okay. Why did I? Why did I have to sing the Thursday apology? Can you? You're a better singer already. I I have a long-standing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a singer already. Irish singer actually. He can dance as well. Oh, no, no dance, not so much. But, yes. You did. That was brilliant. On no, this year. How many? How many dollar bills did he collect? Moving on. The development mailing list has been pretty active this month with um, the audio submissions page Epicanus, not to be mixed up with Anus, has been working on the audio submission page and we've been kind of going back and forth as well on that uh, about what we want on there. And Bobo Bex, we would appreciate your input um, shortly as to how simple we can make it. So I think we've gone to the extreme where it's gotten too complex and we're pulling it back. But also we had, uh, there's a, I had a long discussion uh, last month on Mumble as well, which we recorded with uh, Dave Morris about what the whole eventual system is going to be. And I think talking through that with Dave has uh, clarified it somewhat in my mind. And I'm actually interested to listen to the show to see if my opinion of what I said at the time has changed or not. But, um, so that was it. That was the auto submissions page. There was some questions about the download figures and what they are um, when the queue started going a bit low. I was also working on the transcoding um, uh, tool, which um, CodeCruncher started off, and I've done quite a lot of work on that, so that uh, based on help from uh, Tlatu, based on help from Dan Washko, based on help from Nido, who's just left, and also Cobra, uh, Cobra 32, isn't it? Is this? Two. Co- Cobra 2, yeah, uh, who've all given yeah, he, me... He got, in Cobra be, he got in on being Cobra early. Well, they've given me, uh, all of those people have given me lots of uh, advice on what the best way forward is. So what we're doing, and Bubba Bex, you can close your ears for this, because this is development section. Uh, That's okay. We're transcoding from whatever we get into a well-known format, and from there um, we can transcode down to the other um, to the other formats um, quite easily. And as a result of doing that, um, I was looking at where is the where is the metadata going to come from? And uh, I think Epicanus and myself were thinking, well, we put it in the upload form, but now we're actually thinking, well, if we get, if we steal it from the uh, uploaded media file as opposed to the uploaded form that way if somebody knows how to fill it in they'll fill it in and if somebody doesn't know how to fill it in well we'll have enough basic stuff in the upload form to be able to do it we also as a result of working on that i found um 
a way to identify if the intro and outro have been put in uh, by using a socks has a way to you know that waveform thing the spectrograph can get in audacity well in, in audacity it's a waveform but yeah yeah from socks you can actually get a jpeg out showing you know the waveform and it becomes very obvious when looking at one of one of them whether the intro or outro is in and the reason uh, go ahead that is brilliant that is astonishingly brilliant. Well, it's it's kind of handy because um, with the intro and outro, people like to put some people not pointing my finger at you virtually pokey, like to mess around the- with like to mess around with the uh, intro and outro and not put it seven seconds from the front and seven seconds from the back. So you end up putting two intros in or two outros in because you you've listened to it for you. a second and there's been text or you've listened to it for a second and there's been sorry speech. So uh, with that. What, uh, so I've written this. I tr- could not throw away that Stallman line. Absolutely okay. not. No, absolutely not. And it was classic because I got Thistleweb, uh, from the Crivens podcast asking me, uh, so you're releasing it in MP3. Stallman doesn't like MP3. And then I go listen to the first few seconds of the podcast. Yeah. He had me rolling on the floor with that. That was, I don't know if he meant it to be funny or not, but it was. Uh, it's classic. He is. He, you know, people don't realize he's a funny guy. But you just, when you're not beating him with a stick, he can be a funny guy. It's yeah. I had a, I, I had seen him in in the Netherlands as well, and he also had plenty of time uh, in the after session. You know, there was no rush, and he, he was just a funny, relaxed guy. Okay, so they anyway. What I was going to say was that with the transcoding thing, what I'm going to do is have. Um, Quite a lot of of take, try and simplify the uh, um, the upload form, so it's more like just it feels more like sending an email into HPR. So the subject line is the title, and you know a little summary and uh, and just whatever your show notes is going to be, and send in the upload. And then if people want to send in a more detailed thing, they'll send in a FLAC file with all the fields encoded in it, and then we'll take it from there. And that way, um, when we do the initial check for new files coming into the whichever location they're going to be coming in, then the pre-processing will, you know, virus check, do check to make sure that it's an audio file, do the media info check to see what audio tracks there are, and then it'll compile a really compressed uh, small socks version of the entire show, send that to us, and then send a segment probably halfway through podcast just to get the audio quality in. And we'll also send uh, a JPEG image of the spectrograph so that you can, you know, the, the mailing list that will be, um, you know, checking this, the human check in this whole thing, at least, will be able to look at the uh, at the JPEG and go, okay, the intro and outro are in there. Um, I can have a quick listen to the audio sample, you know, a five-second sample of the audio. Is the audio okay? And then just a quick scan through the speaks file that you, you know, a small speaks file, just to see that the content isn't spam outside of the five seconds that somebody would know because they've gone to the website and found out what it is. Um, some other stuff. Um, there was a discussion about bedding music, um, which... Uh, I think you, dude man, also use quite a bit. Yeah, I've got this kind of uh, soothing bird, cow. I don't find music. it soothing. Ah. Soothing cows. I hate I, cows. I, back to it. I, I would like to find a way to put it as a backing track for all the podcasts I listen to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. But uh, yes, the, the, the if you want to use the backing track, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. 
just but remember. We, but some of us appreciate that when, when you don't. Yes, some of us who speed up our podcasts and have listened in mono definitely appreciate it. Um, yes, a big thanks to all the people who sent in um, shows for this month. We're, uh, we've got, I think, four free slots before the end of the year. So um, congratulations, Hacker Public Radio lives for another year. And the Doomsday Show is being recorded on the 31st. Exactly. And let's segue into that. Segue, shall we? Pokey, take it away. Um, okay, so last year, if anyone you know is new enough not to know this, uh, last year we did a 12-hour New Year's Eve show. Uh, we, we streamed it live, and we recorded uh, 13 hours of a 12-hour show. 13 and a half, I think. And... Um, and then we put it out as separate episodes on HPR. And the important part was that members of the Hacker Public Radio community, listeners, whether they had done a show or not, um, and especially if you haven't done a show, uh, people called in. They, uh, they got online, they got on Mumble, got in the same room with us, and they participated in the show. And it was fantastic. It's it's one of my high it's it's probably the highlight of the past year but it's it's one of the highlights of my life to be part of something that was so um significant uh to you know such a large community of people in a community that i care about i i typically uh trend away from large communities but you know hacker public radio is different and and it's very cool so we wanted to do it again this year and Ken was so confused in saying that it was 24 hours that it finally stuck. So we're going to do 24 hours this year instead of no, 12 hours. No, I want hours. it to be 24 hours. Yeah, okay, well, clever manipulation you did there. So he wants to do 24 hours. And the reason for such a long show is that that's a 24-hour window within which anyone can call in, and we've removed all of your excuses at the same time, which is kind of convenient for us, so you have no excuse not to call in. Oh, I was at my in-laws, I was at blah, blah, blah. No, you got plenty of time. It's a 24-hour show, um, and and you're our friend, and we want to hear from you. We, you know, you're a Hacker Public Radio listener. You're, you're one of us. Uh, you know, come participate, come be part of Hacker Public Radio. I think what was really good about last year was that it turned out to be um, more than just Hacker Public Radio as a host thing. It was the Hacker Public Radio community uh, invited on other podcasters that they also listened to. So in my role as, uh, um, I don't know, as as a HPR host, I just happened to be a member of you know other communities and you invite them in as well and i, I really want um the hpr community to go out and get other podcasters that you listen to to come in and join in and say hello to their listeners because you know it's not about one show having an event that this is our event because you know we couldn't have done it last year without a very fantastic help from the linux basics community from the uh <laughs> from the open source podcast. Open, open source, source musicians, musicians podcast. podcast. That, yeah, we use their server and their streaming. Um, that was that was uh, uh, Pipe Man Music who who had set that up. Pipe Man, and I think uh, uh, K Five Tux and, and their podcast were in as well. So let's. What I want people to do listening to this, if you've, if you've made it this far, an hour and eighteen in, is to contact. Uh, I'll be to contact other podcasters that you listen to and say, look, this thing is going on. Hacker Public Radio is a community podcast. It's not. Uh, them, we're just 
kind of pushing it as a service to other podcasters. So if other people want to come in, we're going on the Linux basic server anyway. So um, if they have kit and set up that they have, they might be able to uh, help us and plug their infrastructure into the Mumble server, take a feed off that and start streaming to their audience for however long that they wish to do that as well. So we need help that way. And if you really want to help them out um, and, and you can get their attention and they want to do this, help them set up Mumble so that uh, they got, you know, good audio quality and, um, you know, can, can uh, you know, speak to their audience and to HPRs. And we do need volunteers on the day. Uh, we need people to come on, do shows, have a little bit of segments when at downtime. We need technical. Yep. yep, and hosts. We need hosts because I, I can be here from, from noon to midnight uh, Eastern U.S. time but that's you know that's about all I can do. It took me it took me three days to edit it last year. After that, uh, and that was just cutting cutting up. So if anybody even wants to take over some of that, that's fine. But I can commit to that much of it. So we need people to fill in the other twelve hours. They, from the point of view of editing, what will be happening is it will break on the hour. Each hour will be divided up. It'll be trunc- run through the script, truncated silence, and it will be uploaded to the show, uh, to the Ready to Rock in sequence. So there will be little or no editing. I will do the uh, the chopping if I can get the audio files from people. So you'd we'll- rather you'd rather break it at the hour than try to break it at conversational breaks. The whatever. <laughs> Let's let's worry about that. But I I want the okay uh, to to take regular stops and um, because I was starting this thing off over on our side, so uh, we'd be taking regular stops every every now and again. Take maybe I don't know ten ten minutes past the hour or something. Take a five minute break uh, where we play some music or something, and then uh, uh, stop and restart the uh, the WAV file. Make sure they're working. Upload them to this to the FTP server, and then. Uh, you know, go on again. Ken was just wants to guarantee getting twenty four shows out of this. Yarp, you know me so well. Yeah, Becky. you know me so well. And we may and not. We may not, not want to. We'll have to put them fairly close together, but we're going to run into the same trouble we had if we try to do them twenty four shows all back to back. It'll be a month and a half before uh, anybody else out. It was only a week last year, so I mean, it's it's doable. We can do it. We can definitely do it within the first two. Uh, the, reserve the first two weeks for it, and then whatever length of ta- audio we have recorded, it will not go outside of the first two weeks of January. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to make this explicitly clear: if you can hear this, you are invited, and this is a party. This is this is you know, come have fun. We're not we're not doing this to. Uh, it's not stuffy at all. We had a lot of fun with this last year, and that's the intention is to have fun and to get a couple of shows out of it. But um, it's it's you know mostly to to have fun, to stir up excitement in Hacker Public Radio, and you know that's what it that's what it's there for. Yeah, can I just probably oh. probably can't count on the stream being safe for work. No, no, it won't be. <laughs> no, well, Becky's on. I was just going to say, actually, that um, last year's show was actually my first introduction to Hacker Public Radio and taking part. I'd met Ken in real life the August before at OGCAMP, and, you know, once we realised who he was and what he did, and so we sort of came along and joined in. And, you know, since then, we've been a part of the Hacker Public uh, Radio community and, you know, loving it. You You don't have to be male. You don't have to be a geek. You can be female. You can be, I mean, even our daughter sometimes, you know, she knows what we're doing, and I'm sure she would love to join in. It's just her nerves. But anyone can. But you're right, it isn't, it's definitely not suitable for work. 
she posts stuff on Twitter like she posts like the stuff she posts on Twitter and she's afraid to come on to HBR. Are you serious? Did you see the toilet roll post? Yes, I did. You should have seen the post that Philip was going to do back. <laughs> Over the top is correct. End of discussion. I um I'm using her Twitter feed as a is is a glimpse into the future of what I can expect in uh, in five to six years. Having a teenage daughter is a joy sometimes. So we're going to start this, Ken, if I get this right. We're going to start this at, um, what, 12.01 on the dateline, right? Whatever that time is. Yeah, it'll be, I will start before that. So whenever the first zone hits, that's when we start. And whenever the last zone hits, that's when we stop. Or that's when we hand over to uh, 5150 and uh, and uh, to, to do the if, if they haven't died of alcohol poisoning. By the- well, somebody's going to have to help me because I don't understand uh, his logic, but Cobra 2 says he can't be there because his wife... I don't understand that logic. She listens at work. You get in a lot of trouble. However, yes, but uh, I think we need to focus on it's the uh, Hacker Public Radio uh, party um, where you as a, a bring all the other communities that there are out there and um, let's get open doors email all your favorite hosts and the favorite shows and uh, it's a good chance for them to come on shoot the breeze have a chat um, and we need to get the open source musician guys back on yeah, yeah that- don't, don't I was gonna say don't worry about me but you guys need to realize you may well kill Thistleweb. <laughs> now, I was if he's say- not already killed himself before <laughs> yeah, the um, the open source musician guys. I just haven't seen them in a while, and I, I, you know, when we were talking about choosing a server online, you know, I suggested that, or I seconded Ken's suggestion that we go with the um, the Linux Basic server, just because it's it's been up and solid with lots and lots of users on it many times. And I just I hadn't even seen the open source musicians guys. I, I hope they don't take it as a, a slight. It was nothing personal or anything like that just i haven't seen them. okay but actually regardless what we can do is uh, try and get some daisy chaining going um we need to get people with icecast servers if you've got a server know how to set up icecast we need people with how to's uh k wisher there has set up um uh is suggesting that they're going to give help to users users coming on with audio quality issues you can go into uh, another room called uh, hpr mumble help or something which we'll set up um, I think, Pokey, closer to the day, you were getting volunteers from people. We definitely need to get Dan from the Linux Link Tech Show on. Um, I want to get um, on board, sorry, I mean on board with giving us help how they uh, pipe in audio and that sort of thing. Because I want to be able to, you know, um, if we're going to be doing 24 hours, I, I will need to go to the facilities from time to time, have dinner from time to time. And, uh, you know, if people want to have a think about maybe each hour we put on a, a few creative common songs or something and just have a discussion about the artists and that sort of thing yeah we can do all that sort of stuff that doesn't have to be hard ken piping in other music um but it, it does take a little bit of extra hardware so the the only way that i know to do it um you know is is to to have your computer set up that you're using for mumble you know just the way you're doing it anyway but then have a second computer and instead of plugging a microphone into it plug an mp3 player into the mic input jack the analog jack with you know just like a double-ended uh what three and a half millimeter cord and then you can use that second computer to 
you know, pipe the audio from your MP3 player in. Oh, I know okay, it's a hack. I know it's crude, but it does work. Oh no, that's well, that's cool. I know a lot of people that use, say, their Android uh, device just bites in Mumble. And they could play that way. Uh, Red Dwarf been doing that for sound effects on, on uh, Pod Brewers. I mean, at least figure out how to do to do that. We don't have to. Uh, have a separate player, and I think if it had a separate computer, it wouldn't be that hard to uh, use Jack to redirect, and I even asked uh, the guys over at the Open Source Music, it wasn't uh, Pipe Man, it was uh, uh, the other guy that helped me out, but uh, they suggested, yeah, uh, they, he suggested we, we try, uh, if you wanted to do it all on one device, because I kind of wanted to do the stealth thing, you know, not alert everybody, hey, I've, I'm going to play a clip, but uh, and that the reason for that's really gone past with, without me getting it done. But he suggested he said there's a way to do it with uh, tie hydrogen into jack. And hydrogen is a drum machine uh, program. And I assume I ha- I haven't played with it yet. I assume that you could you could replace the drum riffs by just you know tracks that you wanted to play and, and use that for uh, a soundboard. Yeah. So there's at least three ways to do it. But just you know please test it before the day of. You know, yeah. if you want to do something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and when we were talking about open source music, uh, guys out there, or not just guys, girls, everybody out there who's a musician, uh, if you want something played a- as bumper music uh, on the 24-hour show or interlude, interlude music, uh, submit, submit a link to uh, admin at hackradio.org. Thank you very much, 51. Perfect idea. Yeah, great idea. And now I I want to say that I I you know, if you want to do that it's great. I can't promise to play music all the time. I had a lot of music planned for last year and we wound up, you know, it was it was difficult to squeeze in that one live song that um Pipe Man did because the conversation was so good. It would have been, you know, a sin to interrupt it and and you know, play something that wasn't live. So, yeah. um 24 hours sounds like a long time, but if people continue to call in, then it's it's like you get a pretty much a refresh on all conversation every hour or so. It just it it, it adds it goes smoother, I think, than we realized last year. Oh okay. yeah, it was astonishing how smooth it went, just because people were calling in and refreshing like that. You're absolutely right. Doesn't matter. We can still take these shows regardless, and uh, and sorry, take the songs and stuff them into a, a queue. Of um, during the summer when things are a bit quiet. Yeah. Oh yeah. right, and we can edit the music in later too if we don't get a chance to play yeah, live. Exactly. Um, Good but point. we won't be editing them. Then we'll probably make another show. You know, suggested music for the uh, New Year episode. Dude Man has um, also given a said that he does for his own podcast um, with Alsa Player and Jack. So uh, what I want is uh, rather than us discussing it here as such, if people could email me your setups or your tutorials on admin at hackerpublicradio.org and I'll put them onto a separate page onto the Hacker Public Radio website, which will probably be hijacked, which will probably be the main be the main page for the for the entire episode. Um, so that we can do that. Pokey, I do like your idea of the hardware thing because I'm more reliable, I think, and I have a few spare players. I also would like your... But it's it's nice because it's not broken by an apt-get update or some such thing. Yeah, exactly. And there's a there's a wire in there. If it doesn't work, and uh, you can move something else in. Um, I 
also liked your idea of the FM transmitter thing, and I got one, and it broke. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they're not... I don't know about in Europe, but the ones they sell in the States are terrible. They don't work well at all, and there's one particular one that um, is well understood, well enough understood that you can hack it to, to get it to broadcast further, and that just by luck happened to be the one that, that somebody gave me, and I was able to, to do that. So if you're in the States, don't count on that working <laughs> unless you can unless you know you can broadcast you know further than that. Well, I, I only needed it for a relatively small amount of time, and um, uh, then the thing just burnt out. It just played you know it, that's a real bummer yeah it's just very depressing and sad dude man that's very nice but can you email it to me <laughs> tutorial and documentation i even had it in mind this year i i i uh I, I almost was able to get a wireless microphone like you know one that you'd use at a, at a podium or, or given a speech or something like that with a whole yeah. big receiver i i was gonna do that you know too but I, I couldn't get my hands on that oh bummer yeah my only uh i normally use a big long uh extension cord it's just the handiest thing for me yeah well you probably can't transmit through your brick wall house anyway so yeah true enough however my house is not that big as i am i'm but a poor person you're filling yeah. it with kids yeah, that's true. Okay, <laughs> yes, Nightwisher asks, who's going to do the streaming? Yes, very good question. So there will be a limited number of people in the chat usually. Um, what I plan, what, I'm, what I think, plan, plan is a bad word. What I will be doing is there will be a PC. Yes, Kwisher, everybody's going to be streaming. So what we will do is one or two people in one or two accounts in the mumble room will stream to uh, central icecast and from there people can mirror the stream how does that sound i have no clue i'm just sounding professional yeah i think i think we have one or two very strong icecast servers that have a lot of bandwidth behind them um and and i think we were going to we utilized them last year uh and i think we were planning on using those again so those servers will either you know, take um, take the stream right off the mumble chat if they can, or else you know somebody who's got the streaming figured out will pipe the mumble chat into those streaming servers. And if you want to stream, if you want to help out, um, you can tap off of those. So you know it increases the delay, but it spreads out the bandwidth load so that we're not hammering the server that we're using for mumble. Uh, we're, we're only asking it to to do one or two streams instead of, you know, chewing up that bandwidth that we're going to need for, for all our guests and everybody. Just a quick question. Have you spoken to Door to Door? Because I knew, know the, the new radio.net, they have unlimited bandwidth, and uh, I'm sure he would definitely set up a connection and just leave it running all the time, you know? Yes, that's something that uh, we definitely need to do. Uh, a, a very wise man. They, uh, volunteered the mobile server in the first place. So A very wise man once said, Unlimited bandwidth just means you agree not to know what your limitations are. Yeah, but I think... Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I think it's, in this case it's not so applicable. I think that uh, it was pretty solid. No, no, I, I, that, I wasn't saying that. I just meant that, you know, if it can be spread around, it doesn't hurt. Sure, sure, sure. Definitely. What I would like to do, though, is get this set up at least a week beforehand. So we have here in this uh, in this room and the, um, is a permanent connection. So anything going through this permanent connection will go through the mirror connection, um, the mirror network, so that we would have that up well and well in advance. 
Yeah, we had last year. We we didn't have a chance to set it up beforehand. Uh, we never could line that up, so it was set up the day of, and we were in here in the the mumble chat, and there was about twenty people in here. You know, nobody was saying anything because they didn't want to. They wanted to wait till it started, but you know, it was kind of like an awkward. It felt like standing in an elevator that wouldn't move, and it was like completely packed. And it took a little while to get everything up and running. Yeah, so, I, I think the plan is. Um get the get the thing running and then we can do a pre-show of you know truncate silence truncate silence and then you know, put that out as a pre-show afterwards that we'll start it at 12 and then go from there yeah but i definitely don't want to be like on on the day um messing with mumble servers and streaming servers and all the rest of it but just have the thing go oh and we need to record uh some sort of promo thing to send out to other podcasters you want to do that now? Yes. All right. Not, uh, not Klaatu. I always call you not Klaatu when I see your name. Klaatu, you want to start it off? Uh, really? Yeah, people uh, like what are, you. What, what are we saying? Just like, uh, join us on now Hacker Public Radio. Now the software, you'll be free, hacker. Uh, no, it's a party. It's the HPR New Year's party. Everyone come and join. Hacker Public Radio, New Year's party. Everyone come and join. Well, it's not... Try not to push the Hacker Public Radio part. It's the... Maybe we should have Becky do it. I'm not singing it. Go. Hi, everyone. What are you doing on New Year's Eve? I know. You're fed up of turkey. You're fed up of alcohol. Come and join uh, the Mumble server to join in with the New Year's Eve party on Hacker Public Radio. I'm Very nice. alcohol. Yeah, we're going to have alcohol. They might be well sick of it by then. They may indeed. Okay, with that, I'm calling it a halt. Thank you very much, everybody, for um, tuning in, and we will probably be sending out. Uh, hang on updates. a minute. What? Other people need to record as well. Oh, we got it. You, you did it. That's it. It's done. Bugger off! Oh. Not just me. That that was it. You said Sounded we were going to have alcohol, and Pokey and I said <laughs> we were. You fuckers. That's in there too. Okay. Does anybody else want to record the show? Can we end the HBR show and then do the bumpers afterwards, please? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Everybody say goodbye, starting with Boba Bex. Goodbye, good night, and thank you for listening. You're awesome. Phenomenal. Oh, bye. Dude, man. <laughs> thank you. Goodbye, everybody. 5150. See you at the party, everyone. Gay Wisher, come on, say goodbye. And that's goodbye for who? And goodbye from Nido. And it's goodbye from Natlatu. Bye, everybody. And Pokey. Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> Good night, guys. Thanks for letting me be part of it again. Howdy, folks. This is 5150 for Hacker Public Radio. Remember how much fun we had last New Year's during the 13-hour live podcast and party? We're going to have twice as much fun this year celebrating the full 24 hours of New Year's Eve with guests from your favorite podcasts and hosts from around the world. You're invited to join in on Mumble when you can and listen on the live stream when you can't. The details will be posted on www.hackerpublicradio.org. Want to do something different this coming New Year's Eve? Want to make some new friends, share some laughs and give something back to the community? Then please come along and join in with the Hacker Public Radio New Year's Eve show, a 24-hour Ogcast marathon. We're running for the full 24 hours starting from Monday, December the 31st at 1200 UTC. I'll be there and I really want to spend my New Year's Eve getting to know you too. Full participation details are available at www.hackerpublicradio.org. 
Hi everyone, this is Klaatu. You may or may not know me from Hacker Public Radio, and it turns out we're throwing a party on New Year's Eve, and everyone's invited. Whether you've listened to Hacker Public Radio or not, whether you've contributed or not, you should stop in on the Mumble server, mumble.openspeak.cc, port 64747. You can use any username you want. Drop in, say hi, eavesdrop, whatever you want to do. It'll be a lot of fun, and it's going for 24 hours. That's right, UTC minus 12. The whole UTC day will be broadcasting all day, all night, and we want you to join us. Hey everybody, this is Pokey from Hacker Public Radio. We're putting on another party like the New Year's Eve party we had last year. If you have a computer and you can get Mumble working on it, we want you to join us on New Year's Eve. When is the party going to be? It's going to be all day. It's a 24-hour party, so you have plenty of time to call in and participate. If you're a podcaster, if you're a podcast listener, come and join us because this is our thing. This is our party. We're getting together and we're doing it live. We're going to stream it live and we're going to rebroadcast the recording later. The information is all available at hackerpublicradio.org. Please come along and join us on New Year's Eve. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 License.